Well, today is the second Sunday in our series called I Quit. But moms don't get any big ideas. All right? Maybe you could back off a little, but we don't want you to quit. Uh, I Quit is actually based on a series that was first done by uh, uh, Life Church in Oklahoma, and a lot of churches have adapted it. And throughout this series, I've chosen a theme verse. And so if you would pull out, there's an insert in your bulletin that's an outline for today's message. And you'll see at the top, there's a box with the verse Ephesians 4.29. You, you find that? Because I'm going to have us all read it together out loud if we could. You with me? All right, let's, let's say it all together. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now, I don't, you, don't want you to understand Ephesians 4.29. It's not wagging the finger in your face and said, you know, you, don't, you better not do this or naughty, naughty if you do. It's not like that. When you read the whole letter to the Ephesians, you find that through faith in Jesus and by his grace, we who were dead in our sins have been made alive in Christ. We are saved, we have received eternal life, and we're living that life now. So Ephesians 4.29 is just saying, hey, be who you are. You're a Jesus person. The old you is gone, the new you is alive. Now live it. And may the talk that comes out of your mouth reflect the new you. So, uh, you know, and I, I'm encouraging everybody, start, start your day every day with the rest of the month with Ephesians 4.29. And if you do that, then you're affirming, Lord, I quit. With your help, I quit letting unwholesome talk come out of my mouth. I quit making excuses for it. May my words instead build people up. May they be a blessing. May they be a benefit. And today we say, I quit complaining do we have any complainers in the crowd some are going you know complainers to me are like people who eat who love to eat raw onions when you're around them you just kind of want to back up a little bit you know <laughs> create a little space uh, when my wife eats onions uh, I find that I have a hard time kissing her for about 24 hours but, but I have found a solution, actually, and that's if, if I eat onions, too, then, then it doesn't bother me. Uh, and it's the same with complainers. When you love to complain, you might find people kind of backing up around you unless they are also complainers, and then you share the same breath, right? And the, I think the award for the biggest complainers in the Bible goes to the Israelites who came out of Egypt because God did all kinds of miracles for them. God inflicted Egypt with, with you know, frogs and flies and blood and boils. And then when the Israelites left, they left Egypt and the Pharaoh and they camped out there uh, beside the sea with the Egyptians and their chariots in hot pursuit. And God told Moses to raise his staff above the water. And it says the wind blew all night. And it blew the waters back. And the Israelites walked on the, on the crusted seabed. 
But when the Egyptians followed, it says their heavy chariot wheels got bogged down and couldn't go. And after the Israelites crossed, the Lord told Moses to stretch out his hand and the waters swept over the Egyptians. Now I'm going to ask you if you would to open your Bible to Ephesians, or excuse me, Exodus chapter 15. We're going to start with verse 22. If you didn't bring a Bible, you don't have it with you or not on your phone or, or our tablet computer, you could use the, the, the uh, Pew Bible there on page 71. Now, prior to this, if you're reading the book of Exodus, uh, the Israelites complained a lot. But you'd think that after seeing God kind of part the waters like this, that that would be the end of their complaining, right? The last, actually, the last verse of Exodus chapter 14 says, When the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in his servant Moses. And then chapter 15 just opens right up with this big, long song of praise to God, a victory song for rescuing them. And, and the people, they're, they're rejoicing. They are singing. They are dancing. The women get out their tambourines. As soon as the song is over, as soon as the song is over, what happens? Follow along with me, verse 22 in chapter 15. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur, for three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. That's the problem. Then they find water in verse 23, but that's, there's still a problem. When they came back to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. Bitter water is common in the Sinai Desert. The, the soil gives it this heavy alkaline taste. And so what do the people do? Do they say, well, let's put our trust in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Let's trust that, they, that God didn't bring us this far to abandon us now. Is that what they said? Verse 24, so the people grumbled against Moses, saying, what do we do? What are we to drink? You know, really, it's one of the most puzzling things in the Bible. Why did the people complain instead of turning to the Lord who had just saved them. I believe it's because they had a habit of complaining. They had a well-practiced pattern of grumbling. Let me tell you, complaining is easy. Faith is hard. You know, but I would say there are good ways to complain, but they are also challenging. Uh, and this morning I want to share with you the difference between healthy complaints and unhealthy complaints. And of course you can follow along in the outline and there's some blanks to fill in along the way. Uh, one kind of healthy complaint is a lament to God. Lament to God. Now, we usually think in the, that the Psalms in the Bible are full of praise, and they are, but they also contain a lot of lament. Stuff like this. Why do you hide your face and, and forget our misery and oppression? Or you have rejected us, God, and burst upon us. You have been angry. Now restore us. What is, what's a lament? Here's, here's my take on it. A lament 
is the complaint that's turned to God instead of turning away from God. Make sense? A lament is a complaint that's turned to God instead of turning away from God. Now, when Jesus prayed on the cross, he prayed, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was praying one of the laments of the Psalms. And when you practice lament when you need to, let me tell you, it deepens your faith. Deepens it. But lament is not what the Israelites were doing. They weren't turning to God. They were grumbling against God. That is unhealthy complaining. They even romanticized how great it was back in Egypt. Oh, yeah. Remember the good old days in Egypt? Man, we had meat, we had fish, we had melons and cucumbers and onions, and, and now we're out here in the desert, we're all going to die. Didn't matter how many miracles God had done to get them there, every time trouble came along, they grumbled. Now, another healthy kind of complaint is constructive feedback to others. Let me tell you, you will not have healthy relationships unless you give each other room to complain constructively. Did you know that? You're not going to have healthy relationships unless you give give each other room to complain constructively. You must give each other feedback about your disappointments, your hurts, your needs. Now, don't attack. Don't, don't put the other person down. Give helpful feedback. And I just want to add here, if I, if I ever do or say anything that hurts you, come talk to me. Please, just, just come talk to me. I won't get mad. I will listen. I will welcome your feedback. And, and, and I hope that someday, if the situation's ever turned, you'll welcome mine. But unhealthy complaining, unhealthy complaining includes griping about others. You know what it is. You, you've, you've been there sitting around the break room, you know, uh, griping about your boss, complaining about a coworker. It's not constructive. It doesn't work toward a solution. It doesn't address the problem. It's just griping. It's itching with a capital B. (laughs) So, for the rest of the morning, the kind of complaining I'll be talking about is the unhealthy kind, grumbling and griping, And like the Israelites who came out of Egypt, if you are good at it, let me tell you, it's because you've been practicing. It's a pattern. Some of you may not even realize how much you do it. But know this, complaining carries consequences. Let's say that together. Complaining carries consequences. Complaining will cost you in your relationships. It'll cost you opportunities. It'll cost you when it comes to finding solutions. It'll make you a less gracious, less grateful person. You know, you read the books of Exodus and Numbers in the Bible, and it's shocking how often 
the Israelites revert back to complaining. Here God had proven himself time and time again, and yet every time a problem comes up, they, they just jump right away into grumbling. <laughs> Finally, there they are at the edge of the promised land, and they send 12 spies out to check it out. And, and when the spies return, the majority report says, hey, we're no match for the, for the people of this land. They are giants. They're strong. We're like, we're like itty-bitty grasshoppers compared to them. And when the people hear it, they start weeping and wailing. Oh, no. It would have been better if we'd have died in the desert. These people, they will slaughter our men. They will capture our women and children. Let's go back to Egypt while well, we can. And what was the consequence of their complaining? Do you remember? The Lord said, I have heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. Not one of you will enter the land. Because of their grumbling, the Israelites spent the next 40 years wandering in the wilderness. An entire generation died in the desert. Complaining makes you oblivious to opportunities. Complaining makes you blind to blessings. Complaining carries consequences. There's a story about a certain real estate agent who was showing a house to a family in a, in a particular neighborhood, but they couldn't find anything they liked. Finally, they asked the agent, what are the people like who live in this neighborhood? The agent asked, well, what are the people like where you live now? And they said, well, we don't, we don't care much for the people where we live now. I mean, they're hard to get along with. They gossip a lot. They think they always have to know everybody's business. I and mean, that's one of the reasons we want to move. The agent said, well, I'm sorry to tell you that you're going to find that the people in this neighborhood are a lot like that. The next day, the agent showed a house to, uh, to a family in, in the same neighborhood. And, and this family, pretty soon, they found a house they liked. And, and the agent, uh, they, they asked the agent, what the people in this neighborhood are like. And the agent said, well, I'm curious, what are the people like where you live now? And they said, oh, oh we, we have great neighbors. <laughs> we always are helping each other out. We, we do things together. I mean, that's going to be one of the hardest parts of moving. We're, we're going to miss them so much. And the agent said, I have good news for you. I believe that you'll find that the people in this neighborhood will be much like the people where you live now. The moral of the story, of course, is that we usually find what we're looking for. If we are complainers, we're going to find plenty to complain about. And if we look for the positive, we're going to usually find that too. Psychologists call this confirmation bias. You know what confirmation bias is? It means that when you want to believe something, you then interpret everything else that, that you find to confirm your bias. You latch on to information that supports what you believe and you conveniently ignore information that disputes what you believe. And we all do it. We all practice confirmation bias. We believe, we tend to anyway, believe what we want to believe and then search for reasons to support it. Happens in politics, happens in religion, in academics. But the people I respect most 
are able to look at both sides of an issue. They're able to weigh information, even information that disputes their belief. They're willing to change their minds once in a while and not just because it's the latest bandwagon to jump onto. Confirmation bias means that if you're looking for something to complain about, you're not going to have a hard time finding it. But we believe in God. That's why we practice refraining from complaining. We practice refraining from complaining. You know, the most joyful book in the Bible has to be Paul's letter to the Philippians. And in Philippians 2, verse 14, Paul tells them, do everything without, and say this part with me, without grumbling or arguing. Now, the word that Paul chooses there for grumbling is, meant, is intentionally meant to draw them back to the story of the Israelites who came out of Egypt. They were in the desert, and Paul says, don't be like them. Don't, don't go there. And that's hard for us, isn't it? Because we think we've got the right to grumble and gripe. Uh, you know, I mean, I didn't get what I want, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rant and rave, and, and, and we do that because we assume that the world revolves around me. I have news for you. The world doesn't revolve around you. You're not the main character of the story. God is the main character of the story. Jesus is the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. You are part of that story. You're not the center of the universe. Do you know, do you know what pastors tend to do when we get together? And do you know who we complain about? <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in a group of uh, pastors that meets every month. Uh, Lutheran, Presbyterian, uh, Methodist, and a former Assembly of God. There's six of us if we're all there. And uh, we met just last Wednesday, matter of fact. Um, and we share c very confidentially the challenges that we face. Challenges... You know, it could be with the church, could be with members, could be with staff, could be with the family, just could be challenges about ourselves. But I want to tell you, this group is very careful. And they've never let it become a gripe session. We share respectfully and fairly. We listen to each other. We support each other. We pray for each other. And we turn it over to God. We believe that God is working all things together for good, and so we rejoice. When, when Paul, you know, is writing this letter to the Philippians, you may not know this, but he's, he's confined to quarters. He's under house arrest. There's a guard at the door 24 hours a day. You know, most of us, we complain just if it's cloudy all day, right? Paul's stuck there. And he, he's awaiting trial, and he doesn't even know whether he's going to be released or executed. But Paul chooses to rejoice. And so I want to say to you, make the choice to rejoice. You know, the way Paul looks at it, if, if bringing the gospel to other people results in his death, well, it's been worth it. 
In, in verses 17 and 18, Paul pictures himself as, um, as a cup of wine being poured out on an altar as an offering to God. He says, but even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am, and say the orange word with me, glad and rejoice with all of you so that you too should be glad and rejoice with me. This morning, uh, I want us to hear from a former member of our church who uh, a couple of years ago moved back to her hometown of Indiana, Cassie Garrett. And uh, I asked her if she would send, uh, she would give us a little message via video. So let's watch. Hi friends at Faith Westwood. I want to share something about myself that you may not know. I am a complainer. Um, I didn't used to be. I used to think of myself as a really positive person. I was always kind of a, when life gives you lemons, you just make lemonade and get on with it kind of girl. But somewhere along the way, through normal trials and tribulations in life, I developed a pretty sizable chip on my shoulder without realizing it. And um, I honestly don't know when I started complaining. Uh, but I was pretty good at sprinkling it into my everyday conversations to friends and family. And it felt good. It felt really good. Um, I like to have other people sympathize with me and kind of validate my grievances. But before long, my complaint list started to grow. And it wasn't as easy just to sprinkle in, so I had to get creative. And I had to think of new ways to uh, share my complaints. And lots of times it was about other people and kind of the way that they had done me wrong or um, taken advantage of me. And so I would say things like, don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining, it is what it is and I can't change it, but... And then I would insert a big long complaint. And then after that, um, everything started making my complaint list. Friends, family, work, uh, kids, you name it, it was all on there. And then one day, as I was complaining, I truly believe that God allowed me to hear myself. Um, and it was painful to hear. I didn't even recognize my own voice as the words were coming out of my mouth. And I knew that that wasn't the kind of person that I wanted to be. It wasn't the kind of life that I wanted to portray. I couldn't believe it. Um, and God wasn't being hard on me. He understood my hardships and he was actually being so gentle with me. He was just allowing me to hear it and recognize it. And when I recognized it, I started to change it and it got better. But in true human form, I kind of slid back into my old ways pretty quickly. And then one day my oldest daughter came home from school. She had been selected to feature her art at a local college and we were so excited about it. But I had been working on a frustrating email right before she shared the big news with me. So after she got done sharing her news, I got back to the email, but I wanted to call my mom because I wanted to tell her Sophie's big news. So I called my mom, and as soon as I heard her voice, I just started telling her all about that frustrating work email. Complained about everything, got it all off my chest, mom sympathized with me, and then we hung up the phone. And I went on about my evening. And then that night, right before bed, sitting on the counter was that paper that Sophie brought home saying that she had got selected. And I just felt the lump rise in my throat that broke away to tears. I was heartbroken that I hadn't even shared that with my mom. And I prayed that night hard. I prayed that God was going to take this complaining and turn it into praise. But when I woke up the next morning, I pretty much felt the exact same. I didn't feel any different. But I realized that growth takes time and it takes a lot of work. And God was saying to me, Cassie, this is an opportunity for you to grow if you'll let it be. This is an opportunity for you to get closer to me if you want it to be. 
And the more open to change I was, the more I changed. Um, and I started reading Bible verses about praise. I started hanging up Bible verses around the house to keep me focused and to not complain. I even addressed the big chip on my shoulder. And friends, as I started arming myself for these temptations, God was so faithful and I started to complain less. I hope you guys have a great day. Cassie had kind of a wake-up call, didn't she? Any of you ever experienced anything like that? Kind of a wake-up call where you, all of a sudden, you come face-to-face with your own behavior. And so I'm, I want to encourage you, this week, as you catch yourself about to complain, you hear those words kind of just about to form on your lips, just kind of stop. Think again. Maybe you're going to catch, maybe it'll already kind of tumble out and you'll be halfway into the conversation. You go, oh yeah, just stop. But I think you're going to find that it's not enough just to try to stop. You will have to replace it. And that's what Cassie found. She's going to have to work at replacing her complaining with something else, with gratitude, with praise, with rejoicing. So what choice will you make? Let's pray. Oh, Lord, uh, sometimes we come face to face with ourselves and it's hard to look at it. Because um, we've gotten pretty good at our complaining, our griping and grumbling, and, and it feels pretty comfortable to us. Um, but Lord, we want to move beyond it. We want to be able to, to be able to have healthy complaints, first of all, to learn how to, to lament, to learn how to give constructive feedback. And Lord, we want to replace our unhealthy complaining with what is good. We want to choose to rejoice. We want to, we want to find what is worthy of praise. Uh, we want to focus on the positive, on the blessings. Lord, I know that there may be some here today who would say, well, I don't, I know about, I hear what you're talking about in rejoicing, but I don't know that I have that kind of relationship with Jesus right now that would lead me to rejoice. And uh, so I, if that's where you are today in, in our praying and you realize you're just, Jesus is somebody you kind of, you believe in a little bit, you, he's aware of, but he's still kind of out there somewhere. And you say, I, I want to have a reason to rejoice. I want to have that kind of relationship with Christ. Then I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And just, just kind of let your own thoughts guide you as I, as I lead in this prayer. Lord, um, I thank you that you're knocking on the door. And uh, you're even opening the door. And, we're, and now we're just saying, Lord, come on in. We, we want to give our lives to you. We want to know you and be able to rejoice in what you have done for us. And Lord, we ask that you will come and make your home in us. Help us to live with you and walk with you every day. And Lord, we tell you, we, we need a lot of changing. We need what only you can do in our lives.
So, Lord, come. And uh, from this day forward, Lord, we belong to you, and we rejoice in that. We pray in your name. Amen.